Hey everybody, you're listening to the How to Have Threesomes podcast. I'm Key. And I'm Lily. We've been together for seven years in a relationship style we call monogamish. This podcast is going to give you everything you need to build a stronger relationship with your partner, create healthy boundaries, and communicate honestly. We're going to help you have fun, safe, sexy adventures and have the best threesomes of your life. Ready? Here we go. You. Hey guys, the episode you're about to hear needed to be re-edited. All the guests and stories you love so much are still the same. We just needed to bleep out a few things for privacy. Before we jump into the episode today, we wanted to tell you that the How to Have Threesomes video course is now open for enrollment. We have spent years working on this project and are so, so excited to share it with you. In this course, we teach you all of our secrets for finding your ideal unicorn, from navigating dating apps and play parties to forming connections with friends and with professionals. Regardless of your experience level, this video course is full of actionable tips, tricks, and worksheets, like the needs list, kinky questionnaire, and what makes a high-converting Tinder bio. We show you how to express your deepest desires without destroying a relationship, plus how to maintain excitement with your partner. If you want to have the best threesomes of your life, this is the video course for you. We are now also offering coaching for people who want that individual attention. Some of the best money we ever spent was on a professional to help guide us through our challenging times. And not every therapist is trained to navigate non-monogamy, so if you and your partner want some extra support in these tricky situations, we're here for you guys. Another thing that we're offering is a sexy getaway. Come and spend a week with us on a tropical island. We're going to take you on some amazing experiences like hiking waterfalls, partner acro, fire dancing, and some crazy party nights. We've also teamed up with experts to bring you workshops in Tantra, Shibari, trust building, and pickup. Plus, personalized photo shoots to show off the best version of yourself online. By the end of the retreat, you'll be more confident, have a better connection with your partner, and a deeper understanding of your desires. This retreat will be a bunch of wild and sexy times, and we're stoked to bring you guys out here. We're offering the video course and the coaching on teachable.com. If you want more details about the couples retreat, we have a form you can fill out. All the links will be available in the show notes or on the How to Have Threesomes Instagram. You guys are also welcome to reach out to us directly for coaching or anything else you might need. And now, back to the episode. This is How to Have Threesomes. I'm And I'm on our show. Our name very, is Danny. very special friend. He's also our roommate, and he does a lot of online marketing and all that good stuff. But he also has some stories and wisdom for all of you beautiful people out there. We've been getting really great feedback from you guys on Instagram, and we really appreciate you guys asking questions because it gives us awesome new content to create and gives us ideas for podcasts. So thank you for that. If you guys want to ask us any questions, you can write to me. My Instagram is and or you can write to us on the how to have threesomes page and as always we will try and get back to you as quickly as possible or if you have ideas for episodes we're happy to accommodate that too but before we jump in today's episode is brought to you by sweet vibrations they're an amazing sexual wellness company that creates products specifically designed for female pleasure they're made out of body safe medical grade silicone all for under 50 bucks and every product is backed by a lifetime warranty so because we love you guys, we got you a 15% discount code on all of their products. Just make sure to use the code threesome at checkout. And with that, here we are. Danny, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, so uh, I do online marketing for a living. I have an agency and then also have students who I help build online agencies. So I work a lot, spend a lot of time on the computer. You don't say. Um, yeah, you guys know that, living with me for sure. But in my spare time, I really like doing standing acrobatics so you know crazy circus stuff trying to balance other people doing handstands on my hands and things like that and all the crazy weird stuff that people like in like breath work and ecstatic dance and, and stuff like that and you have a podcast as well uh, two podcasts yeah one of them is all about amazon just related to the agency so just pure business and the other one is the danny carlson podcast just me talking about stuff that i enjoy and uh, inspiring entrepreneurs, not necessarily like directly tied to the business. And before we go any further, can you tell people where they can find you? Yeah, dannycarlson.co has pretty much everything that I do, or I am Danny Carlson on Instagram or any of the socials. And for everyone like normal, we will have all of his links and things that we mention in the description of the podcast. So Danny, the first question that we always ask our guests is, how old were you when you first discovered your sexuality and how did that come about? Yeah, so I guess it was pretty typical for someone who grew up in interior Canada, in the boonies. <laughs> it was very much alcohol-fueled and party-fueled. I guess I would have been um, 16, so I was 16 when I lost my virginity, and it was just all based around, like, you just have this driving force from all of your friends, like, oh, you got to get laid, you got to break your virginity, and it's just like... Break what? It. <laughs> break punish it into submission. Don't lose it, break your <laughs> Yeah, but it was more based upon like external validation 
than like me really wanting to do anything. So like every time that I had sex for like honestly the first two or three years, I was drunk every mm -hmm. single time because there was always a party situation or like that's just always how it led to that. And actually later later in my early twenties and especially late twenties, I really had to separate those two things because the girls that I want to meet now are not the type of girls that I'm going to meet in a drinking or partying scenario. Mm -hmm. So that was, uh, it was a bit of a process to go through breaking Separate that. Separate your love life and your party life. And going back a step, how old were you when you had your first kiss? First kiss, let's see, I would have been in grade five. So I guess that's 11. Okay, solid. Yeah. Solid. It was a really funny first kiss. Like we, my girlfriend at the time just decided that she was going to get um, her best friend and my best friend, who were also, uh, you know, dating each other, and we were going to meet up behind the school after school, and <laughs> we were going to kiss each other. And so we, we all go back there, all four of us, and someone decided, okay, you guys got to go first. I think maybe we're rock, paper, scissors. And so <laughs> me and my girlfriend go behind the tree, so the other two can't see, because that would have been terrible, of course, right? <laughs> and we press our lips together, and I forget who said this, but someone made up the rule that if you don't hold her for 10 seconds, then it, then it doesn't count. And so we're sitting there, and we're holding our oh lips together God. for 10 seconds, like, not moving at all. Just We're just, like, they're pressed against each other. And we're just like, mmm, like, okay. <laughs> here we go. And then we come back, like, oh, we did it. Okay, now it's your guys' turn. 10 seconds, bitches? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 10, 10 seconds, seconds of heaven, like a fish against a glass door. <laughs> That's awesome. That's, I like the 10-second rule. I feel like that should apply for a lot of things. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm I've had this conversation with girls before when they're like discussing if the first time they had sex was technically when they count as losing their virginity and they're like, oh, well, he didn't come or I didn't come or it only lasted a minute. And I feel like unless the girl came and it was like proper sex, it shouldn't count. Like if a guy poked you with a dick, for me, I don't think that should count. But that aside. Yeah, well, there's a lot of women in their 30s that still technically yeah. haven't had sex by that standard. Well, maybe I have a high standard. <laughs> I have... We gotta work on that, okay? Shit. Right, so I have a question. When did you develop out of that style of meeting and having sex with women? Like, were you developed into something where you didn't have to drink every time or where you wanted something more? How did that happen? Did you have to leave the scene that you were in? or? Yeah, it, it was partly that. And then also, I guess, that was during my longest relationship was about three years long. Um, and during that whole process, I was changing a lot as a person. Like, when I started that relationship, for sure, is meeting all the women that I'd ever seen up until that point at some place where we were drinking, a house party or, you know, a metal show or whatever it would be. And, like, through the process of dating this girl, that three years was one of the most transformational parts of my life. So I stopped drinking uh, pretty much altogether. I started learning about, like, health supplements and, like, all this mindset stuff, meditation. So I really... I really wanted to move away from the whole party lifestyle and everything like that, but at the same time, all of my friends were in that community, so it was a catch-22. Like, I would be showing up to these parties and not really wanting to be there and, like, yeah. not really wanting to drink and do this stuff, but I was just doing it because that's what my friends did. You're like, guys, let's do some breath work. <laughs> They're like, fuck <laughs> off, Danny. <laughs> right? Yeah, and so it was, it was a big shift, too, and not only that, all of my skills with meeting women had to deal with a party situation and drinking and all that stuff. And, like, I, I realized that I was totally reliant on at least having a couple beers to take the edge off, to have, you know, the courage to go and talk to girls. And also, like, I didn't know how to go talk to girls in not a party situation. Like, it all had to do with some kind of party situation. Hey, you want a drink? <laughs> right? Um, and so I, I literally just had to basically, over the course of maybe six months, I just changed pretty much all of my friends. I started doing a lot more acro yoga because that was a good way for me to find new friends. And We've talked about this before, but yeah, acro is definitely a good scene for like, the ladies. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it honestly is a very, very difficult thing to go through, but I'm so glad that I did because there's no way that I can find the type of girl that I'm looking for at, you know, nightclubs and bars, like such a small percentage chance. Um, to me, that's... I'm not actually meeting the real person if, like, you're judging them based on them being intoxicated or you being intoxicated. It's probably not a very accurate view of the person sure. in general. Especially for you long know? term. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, like, that's what I'm looking for at this point in my life is, you know, deeper, more meaningful relationships that are going to be developed at least over six months, you know, probably more. Well, that's something I'm actually curious about. You said that you were with this girlfriend for three years as you went through this big change and shift in who you were. 
do you feel like she changed with you? Did she pick up meditation and health foods and acro too, or did she kind of stick with like the partying scene in your old friend group? She actually went in the opposite direction, which is kind of sad. That was the reason why we ended up breaking up, yeah. is that I was changing very much in one direction, and she, uh, yeah, she was just struggling. Like, when I first met her, she was a yoga teacher, and she was very much into oh. fitness and, and all of this stuff, and then she she just developed more of a toxic mindset, like, went through some, some really rough hurdles in life. Like, she was, I think, three years younger than me or so, and she is just kind of doing all the things that you need to as an adult and getting a job and doing all the stuff. And she was getting hit with some hard problems and she responded to those problems negatively and ended up, you know, being very unhealthy. She started smoking weed slowly to the point of smoking weed every day, uh, gained a bunch of weight and really stopped doing yoga until the point where she was not a pleasant person to be around because she had so much inflammation in her brain. She wasn't treating her body and her mind properly. Um, yeah. And it just, we just grew in completely different directions. Me at the time, I felt, I felt really bad about breaking that relationship off mm -hmm. because I knew that she wasn't in a very good place in her life, but it reached a point where like, I just had to realize that it was negatively affecting me, just sucking out that kind of energy all day. And like, you know, I tried to, to impart the things that I was learning on her meditation and like all these things that I was really growing and becoming healthier and, and growing mentally as well. But like, she, she just really didn't have the energy to do any of those things and wasn't wasn't interested you can lead a horse to water but you can't make a drink yeah i think that's what's like saved our relationship is that she has been able to work with me and whenever i've wanted to change and whenever i wanted to do something new or had something i wanted to talk about she's been 100 percent behind yeah, me and i feel like we that's, have to do it together that's one of our strengths in our relationship is that we haven't parted ways everywhere we go we go together so yeah that's something i i've actually been talking a lot now with people who have been reaching out to us on our the How to Have Threesomes Instagram, where they're telling me these goals that they have and they, these aspirations for the relationship. And I'm like, oh, is your partner on the same path as you? And they're like, oh, no. You know, I want to train for marathon. I want to go vegan. I want to travel the world, but my partner won't leave their job. I'm like, that might be a problem, you know? Like, mm -hmm. you have to be willing to do it on your own, which can be really fucking scary and really sad. Or somehow have a partner who's, like, on your same wavelength, which I feel like is a very rare thing, especially when it's big changes like shifting your kind of whole life path or like your purpose it's not just a hobby that you picked up but respect to you for for doing it get on that higher higher vibration <laughs> so you said dating is like marketing i'll hear more about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i am pretty much obsessed with marketing you know spent spent many thousands of thousands of dollars on marketing courses and mentors and and books over the years and i, I really love it and it's really insane and any of my marketing friends will agree with me that marketing is exactly like the dating world. Like all of the same concepts, if you use a dating analogy to explain a marketing concept or vice versa, <laughs> it's gonna fit very closely almost all of the time. Can you give us a real world example of that? Like how have you used this in real life, your marketing skills? Are yeah. You selling yourself? Yeah, I mean, well, dating really is selling yourself in the beginning, mm -hmm. right? If you so like in marketing, for example, let's use the example of a Tinder profile because that's, that's a place where it really makes a lot of sense. In the Tinder profile, you have your one main image and oftentimes people are making that decision to swipe left or right in a small fraction of a second. Like let's say like 0.25 of a second and you, their brain is picking up so much information in that one image. I read a study somewhere and I use this example in my marketing videos about the brain can process about 60,000 words per minute worth of information from an image, right? Oh. And to give you some context, I can read at about 400 words per minute. So it's a ridiculous amount of information you're picking up. So my point being here, if you really optimize that main image on your Tinder profile, then your, let's say your swipe rate goes up by two or 3%, then two or three more people out of a thousand are going to do that, then everything else down the line is really good. So the equivalent in the real dating world is how you present yourself in not only the way you look, obviously that's important, but like how much, how much confidence do you have? What kind of energy are you giving off and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. So it's the exact same concept and just like really optimizing that front end makes everything else you do on the back end. So same thing with marketing, a marketing funnel, the, the more effective the top of your funnel is, the more people even get to the end of your funnel. So if you have mm -hmm. a crap top, top of your marketing funnel, it doesn't matter how good the rest of it is, like no point in optimizing that because no one's gonna see it. So same thing with dating, right? If you want to attract a certain type of person, then you really need to, to 
to optimize the front end of your funnel, so to speak, of like... So that would be like your look, your appearance, how you come across. Wait, so we shouldn't be taking dark, blurry pictures in our basement wearing a hoodie? Is that not good enough, Danny? <laughs> I mean, it's just not... If you're trying to attract someone that's really attractive and cool, like, you're just not going to probably make a good enough impression in 0.25 of a second for someone to swipe right. Another part of the top end of the funnel is where you actually are meeting this person. Mm, so that was my realization, like, meeting people at a bar is, like, a very poor place for the top end of my funnel because such a small amount of those people are people who want to date. Whereas if I go to Akasha, it's an event center up in Ubud, that is, they have spiritual parties there and ecstatic dance where there's, like, those cacao. Are parties. Yeah, and there's, like, acro yoga there. And, uh, I mean, I know this from experience, there's a very high percentage of women that go to these parties. Really hot that, people. Yeah, they're very attractive. Oh. So, one, oh. the, the general attractiveness level there is much higher than your typical bar or club or something like that. But also, the type of woman that shows up there is much more, well, one, much more likely for me to be attracted in them. And at the same time, because I'm optimizing the front end of my funnel for this type of woman... They are much more likely to be attracted to me because that that's what I'm trying to put out there as that's how I've optimized my my dating marketing funnel Interesting. So like to speak. They're like hey <laughs> want to meditate and do some acro with me. They're like yes, let's get married Exactly, right and th that's like the the marketing messaging right there mm -hmm. It's like yeah, you want to use these like little trigger words and if they respond really well Then you Keep know going. that you're interested in someone who does those things right and it's a mutual thing So is that where you met Yulia your current girlfriend? Um, I actually met her through Acroyoga. Um, so this is a good example of the top end of the funnel working really well. She posted in the local group chat for Acroyogis. And she was like asking, hey, is there any bases that, that want to play? You know, a base is the person on the bottom in Acroyoga. You're like, and what up? <laughs> so I see her post that. And on Facebook, they have the little profile picture. And like, oh, she looks pretty cute. So I click on her profile and I see the profile picture. It's like, yeah, okay. Looks cute. And then swipe through a few more photos, see her doing all this fitness stuff, like, go back to the group chat. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> Let's do some macro yoga. <laughs> right? So that's, like, the perfect dating marketing funnel working right there is, one, you put out the front end of the funnel, like, she was posting in a place where it's very highly likely someone she'd be interested in is in. It's, like, in the, the group chat only for acro yogis. And then she had a really beautiful photo that portrays her well, and then the rest of her photos shows a little bit about her, right? That she is interested in, well, she's a fitness trainer, so a lot of photos about that. She's an intense girl. I was gonna say, for people who have not been creeping on my personal Instagram stories for the past month, she's in many of my stories, and she's crazy to the, like, she's so intense in her workouts and her stretching and her contortion, like, she's a little badass, but I'm laughing because I've actually never seen you guys do acro. You have a couple friends who come over and fly with you every once in a while and she just like sits and watches and then she goes and does her own workout for like six hours of the day but why don't you guys train anymore? We don't as much as we'd like. I'm super super busy right now and she is she's very periodically busy too like recently just in the last week she decided she was going to sell a bunch of nut butters and stuff and she sold like yeah. you know a couple hundred dollars worth of nut butters and then after that she started selling, making and selling her own herbal teas and things like yeah, that. Took She's over the already kitchen, sold a, yeah, business. a couple of million rupees worth of, worth of teas. So, you know, she, she is just as ambitious as I am in a lot of respects. So, uh, we still do spend a lot of good quality time together, but it's, we're very focused on our, on our, on our missions. You, you guys are definitely two of the most like intense business minded people I've ever met. So it's really interesting kind of watching you guys in the house because we have such different vibey people. Um, that we're all living with, but you guys are definitely like on the same wavelength, which is really cute to see. When you want to help a friend out getting girls or with dating, do you tell them to pick up a business book and be like, apply those same techniques <laughs> into dating? Or how would you help a friend out if you wanted to get better at meeting girls and dating girls? Yeah, I mean, honestly, all the advice that I give on that subject is all exactly marketing advice because it's all the same. And like any of the, any of the uh, you know, pickup artist guys and stuff out there, the stuff that they're teaching is essentially the exact same stuff that all the marketing books are teaching. It's the exact same concepts. I mean, as far as actual advice, um, and this applies to marketing as well, I think in general, staying away from all the fancy like tactics and tricks and you know things like pickup lines or things like that is the wrong way to look at it. Looking at it from a more strategic approach is much more prudent. So for example, I teach um, all of my students who are wanting to build a marketing agency, the thing we spend the most time on in the very beginning is just really identifying 
your messaging and like exactly the, the pain points that you solve for your clients and exactly how to speak to those clients, like where those clients are and how to get them to where they want to be and just like really identifying that and really honing in the strategy. And I think the same thing definitely applies to dating. Like number one, do you even know, like most guys I talk to you can't even really refine what kind of girl they want to, they want to meet. They're like, uh, like a hot one, a hot like one. boobs. Yeah. <laughs> they really don't think beyond that. And you know, all of these guys that I know that, that haven't refined that step, even if they're very good at meeting women, they're just always complaining about the woman that they meet because like this girl's too dumb. Like, Oh, that girl, she like, she's gone crazy on me. She's like doing all this crazy stuff. It's like, well, if you took, you know, the time that it takes to really refine who that ideal woman is that you want and what kind of character trait she has, what she does for, you know, for a living, what she does for her fun time and all those things. What her priorities are. What her priorities are. Yeah, especially her values, like, down to a really deep level. Then you know who you're looking for because otherwise there's such a small percentage chance that you're going to meet the ideal woman for you if Randomly you don't even know who it, it is. Yeah, yeah like, it, you're just going to have to get lucky and cross paths with that person. And that's the marketing equivalent of just going and renting out a billboard on you know, the side of the interstate and then hoping your customer's gonna get it. Like you're, and if you're like me, you're looking for a very specific type of woman that like, it's gonna be you know, less than half a percent of, of women in general, like much less than half a percent. So if I'm just like spraying praying, <laughs> then no wonder you're ending up with girls that you think are dumb or you don't have anything in common with or doing crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I guess guess from that point, you can develop yourself into someone that she's going to like as well. You learn acro yoga. If you want a girl who's into that kind of lifestyle, Mm -hmm. then you need to figure out how to become a base or how to become valuable to her. So I think that's really cool. It's an interesting way of thinking about it. Oh, totally. Yeah. And like, you know, a girl who is a fitness trainer is probably going to want to date someone who is also pretty fit. Right. So like if, if your wants are not aligned with like who you are, then you need to, you need to become that person who is going to be able to date a a girl like you ideally want. Right. So like go hit the gym, like go do all of the things that is going to be attractive to that person, which, you know, hopefully is things that are healthy for you, like going to the gym and not like doing 10 lines of blow on the weekend or something (laughs) like that. (laughs) Depends on what you want. Maybe isn't quite so productive. So you've given two really good examples so far for people, which is one, widening your funnel and actually being in the communities and the groups where your ideal partner is more likely to be and then also being very specific on what type of person you're looking for right and figuring out how to bring value to them is there any other general marketing magical shit that we can pass on to people other than those two main things yeah what is a real 80 20 that's another marketing marketing term there's always there's always something effort 80 percent output yeah the Pareto principle applies to, to everything really like you get 80 percent of the results from 20 percent of the inputs and really i think I, the real 80 20 was what i just mentioned but another thing that a lot of guys get completely wrong is intention um i think intention is the next most important thing because like there's so many guys that i know that have everything going for them. They're attractive, you know, they're super ripped. Like, I know guys that, like, you know, way more ripped than I am. They make way more money than I do. They're multimillionaires. Um, but they're terrible with women. They just cannot, they just don't have the confidence to date the women or, like, there's a lot of different things about it. But a lot of them are just, like, too nice guy and, like, don't really make their intentions clear mm-hmm. to the women, right? They'll, like, go and meet up somewhere and they will just be in the friend frame forever yeah right and like when it comes time to actually like really make their intention known they just don't do anything right they miss their shot completely miss their shot and like that's you know i understand it can be scary to really you know it sets you up for possibly getting rejected and stuff like that but that's just something that have to have so clear in your head that it's not a big deal to get rejected and even the best guys i know with women get rejected all the time and just make your intentions super clear like hey you're you're interesting or at the very least at the very least show that you potentially are interested in them right maybe at first yeah. hey i like not. your face <laughs> yeah we should, we should be more than friends oh my god yeah and, and so many you guys just don't have that figured out <laughs> <laughs> do you want to get naked with some of your other hot female friends yes or no Actually, I, I mean, it's kind of random too, but I'm curious, how did you ask Julia out? Because I know you guys haven't, how long have you been together now? It's a couple of months, right? 
Uh, since November, I think November or October. So right before the world fell apart. Well, actually, this is, yeah. really, this is actually really interesting too because Yulia likes to friend zone a lot of guys, as we've heard. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. she like goes on Tinder and she gets some of her clientele for her fitness, for her program. personal training business yeah. from Tinder. That she like has a very wide funnel of guys who come to her because they're initially attracted, and then she just turns them into paying clients. Yeah. And like, she's really good at using people in that way. So I'm curious how you came into potentially her funnel where she's very good at moving men into paying clients and you like completely skipped out of it and then just like became the boyfriend. How did, how did you do it? Yeah. I mean, a big part of that I think is intentionality. So from the very beginning, I keep, I keep a frame of, yeah, I mean, sexuality maybe is not the right word, but like sexual tension, Mm -hmm. like it's there. It's never like, I don't talk to any girls that I'm interested in. Like I talk to my bro friends, like factual and and whatever. It's always like, you know, a little bit more sexual tension going on, right? I mean, that's more fun for me, too. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to date a girl who is just, like, feels like another one of my bro friends. So why would I try to set that frame? Um, and it works against you if you do that, too. Another thing, too, is I like to do things very unconventional as far as, as, far as dating. So, like, a first date, I'm much more likely to take a girl out to like that pier over by Prairie Nine Beach and do some acro yoga there or something and then like driving a motorcycle out to like some crazy spot. I'm not going to meet up for coffee for a first date or like meet for dinner somewhere. That's just like basic, really basic and boring. Right. And for me, I like to, I like to kind of test a girl's adventurousness too, because that's something that I really want in my partners. And so going off and doing something more adventurous is, is a good test of, of how that feels. Yeah. Right. So like, I don't, you know, if I want the relationship to be going out for coffee all the time and going out for dinner all the time, then that's a good, fair test of it. But if I want yeah. the relationship to be more adventurous things and going to static dance and doing all these fun things together, then you should probably go go test it out in that scenario. Yeah, right? that's funny. That's actually something we've talked about in previous episodes with our threesome girls, where a lot of the times the first date will be like going cliff jumping or like jumping off of waterfalls and doing things that for most people are very extreme. And for me, that's kind of a filter where if they're scared or they're unwilling to get dirty or have fun with us, I'm like, this probably isn't going to work just because we want to be able to travel with you and do fun things. But if you're kind of like, you know, more of a Netflix and coffee type of person, I'm like, that's probably not going to fit with our vibe, but you and Julie are definitely on like the same wavelength in terms of being fucking crazy and you both drive <laughs> motorcycles too fast and have traveled the world and like, it's, it's really sweet to see you guys together, but it scares me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we feed off each other a little bit. Like she's just like, tries to convince me to go like climb cranes and stuff around there. Like, oh, let's go climb or up there. she wants and... to break into the water park. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. At night. How do you feel about that one? That I mean that one I've told her I'm not down just because of like how recorded on camera yeah, we'd be breaking arrested. into a fucking place you know like I'm down for adventure and stuff but like stuff that literally will get me thrown in prison not down then I'm not down for that's fair that's a, I think that's a that's a pretty fair boundary <laughs> when we first met you you told us that you had a relationship closing ceremony can you tell us about that I've actually never met someone who's done that before what does that involve. Yeah, it was one of the more powerful ceremonies that I've done. So this was with my previous girlfriend before my current one. And uh, we were together for like eight months or something like that. And I just, I just really felt strongly that there's no need for like all the automatic thoughts in my brain that like would condemn the previous relationship. So like every relationship I've had before that, either myself or the other person just kind of wrote the other person off. You know, it's like, screw that person. Um, and there's like, it just ruined all the memories that we have together. Yeah. And so like, every time you think of that person, you think of, you know, some negative thing, which is crazy because in every relationship you ever had, hopefully there's a lot times. of really great times and everything like that too. So why shouldn't you remember that? And I do a lot of work on my mental state. I do a lot of like very intense uh, meditation exercises and, and things to to really explore my own consciousness. And this just seemed like a really good addition to that for me it was a very painful breakup and was it her choice to break up it was her choice yeah yeah and like I had a really tough time with it mentally and I saw this as an opportunity to really put to the test a lot of the things that I was learning with you know the power of the brain and everything like that and ultimately I was able to through this process reach a place where we're now actually pretty good friends, and whenever she comes, she lives up in Ubud, which is like 40-minute drive away from here, 
and we play acro together. Oh, that's like, beautiful. Yeah, there was a an acro workshop, and we partnered together for the whole three-day workshop. And, and it was okay. It was okay, and like my current girlfriend is, is okay with it. Her current boyfriend is okay with it. That's really beautiful, I and feel do, like. Yeah. Do you still feel that sexual tension at all, or no? And that's the interesting thing, too, is that there's the sexual tension has basically gone, and the relationship has, has shifted to... A friend relationship where it feels just like a friend instead of the wow. the actually being in a relationship. That's actually beautiful. Like I feel like a lot of people should aspire to that where instead of it just kind of blowing up in flames and like I can never speak to you again, you son of a bitch, like that you actually were able to bring it to a place where you can still support each other and have, you know, that person in your life that you cared about. So it was her choice to end the relationship and then was it your idea to have the closing ceremony? And how did you bring that up and like what does that actually involve for people if they are interested in trying it? Yeah, so it was my decision to have the closing ceremony. It was about two weeks after we broke up, I think, so I had, had the time to like really get through the hard part of it and just I let myself cry it out and all that stuff. Um, and then I just reached out to her, and I just explained the process of... Uh, I originally heard about it on someone's podcast. I think it might have been Kyle Kingsbury. Um, and he talked about his process, and to me it just sounded like, huh, that's a really good idea. So I researched the process a little bit more. Um, and we met up for about half an hour in a beautiful place. It was the gardens by Pyramids of Chi. And like I, I, so first off, to get her to agree to it, I just purely straight out explained my intention with it. Like, like I wanna have this closing ceremony because I think it's, it's a valuable way to just move on from this in a good way without having bitter feelings towards each other and stuff like that. And just look at it as a beautiful thing that happened instead of you know, any resentments or anything like that. Well, and that you weren't trying to pick her up again, right? Like, I feel like yeah. a lot of guys could be like, yeah, yeah, I just want to, I want to say goodbye. And then, you know, they show up with flowers and like pull some tricky bullshit. But you were very honest with your intentions with her. Yeah, well, and that's one of the real powers of the closing ceremony is that by definition, it's, you know, it's a very strong ritual to move on from the relationship, right? So if you're coming asking for a closing ceremony, it's like, it would be pretty sneaky if you're trying to do it to get back together with them, right? Yeah. It's like it's, this is a closing ceremony. <laughs> like, and to be sure, you need to be, to be sure with yourself that that is exactly what you want to do. Like, don't do this if you secretly want to get back together with the person because that's just, like, dishonest. But for me, like, I just, for, for a lot of reasons, I saw it not as a good idea to really have that opportunity in the future. And we met up for about half an hour in the garden, and we went through three specific steps. So the first thing, just to set the good tone and like the friendly tone of the, of the uh, ceremony, we each took turns sharing our favorite moments from Aww, the relationship. That's really cute. Yeah. So like, Aww. what were our favorite experiences together and, and things like that? Were you guys um, crying a lot? I feel like I'd be bawling my fucking eyes out. There, there was crying. Oh god. Yeah. Were your uh, favorite situations in the relationship were they the same or were they different? Did you guys have different best memories? Um, they were different. Yeah? Yeah. That's cool. Um, and then after that, we shared what we see as the positive traits about the other person. Mm-hmm. And then we shared uh, the final thing that we went through is, you know, what we, what we see for the other person's future without us in it. So that was, you know, that oh, was a really powerful thing. Hard. Like, what, you know, what do we hope? Knowing the other person, what do we hope that they will achieve or, or be able to experience without you in that picture Oof. and uh, there were some tears in that one for yeah. sure but through that whole process like even by the end of that ceremony like we we hugged it out and then just looking into her eyes after that ceremony it was like another level of respect had just been reached right there mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of a lot of pain on on both ends that happened for during that breakup you know it's an emotional thing to go through that but it doesn't have to end on a note of pain, you know, it was a way to bring it back to beauty. And I was amazed at how effective it actually was in, in the fact that, like, there's no resentments on either side from either of us, and we occasionally will meet up for, for a lunch or a coffee or something like that and just chat about, you know, all the same stuff we used to chat about, but in a much different energy than before. That's incredible. Um, That's yeah. the first time I've ever talked to someone who's, who's done that and can come kind of full circle in a very conscious way so more people should do that look into it don't be stupid (laughs) was it less painful to break up because you did that absolutely so i think it really helped me see things um 
in my brain, like it, it resolves open loops in the brain. I think that's one of the biggest the things. <laughs> yeah, like I think one of the biggest sources of pain after a breakup is just like the open loop of like, what oh, is? what if I did this different? Like, oh, could we get back together in the future? Like all these open loops that are just, you know, they can be replayed over and over in the brain. But if you go through a ceremony like this, where you can reframe everything, one, as like, you know, it's closed and that loop is, is done right there. But oh. two, you're reframing the relationship as something beautiful that is celebrated instead of just like only focusing on the negative things because the human brain naturally wants to focus on the negative things a lot more Mm -hmm. um you know it's for survival reasons and stuff like that but it can be reframed with some conscious effort and that's the whole intention behind the the ceremony that was really powerful oh thank you for sharing that yeah that sounds really cool (laughs) i guess i have one thing that i want to say i i feel like i would be afraid to do that because then you're closing it down forever. Doesn't it feel like that? Yeah, because he actually knew that it was over. He still holds on to things from like eight years ago. Every female he's ever met, he's like, there's still a chance. I'm like, she's married. He's like, there's still a chance. Marriage doesn't change anything. <laughs> Maybe you've got to learn from Danny and then go make some phone wasn't calls. Wasn't that scary for you though? Like if part of you wanted to someday be with her again, wasn't that scary? Wasn't it like, fuck, this is final. Like, yeah, I mean, it definitely was scary. Like, it opens you up to, you know, one, getting rejected. It's like, no, screw you. I'm not going to do a ceremony. Uh, two, it, it closes that door of you getting together again in the future. In my situation, I I knew it's not what I wanted, but I knew that it was right for me to never enter that relationship again. There okay. was, like, some, some compatibility things. You know, I definitely had strong feelings for her. But at the end of the day, like, a few compatibility things, like, made it a bad idea. And so it's very self-aware of you. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was me kind of protecting my future self, you know, like actually like going against of what I what I felt and like my feelings wanted and just like looking at it from the more logical point of view. It's like it's actually a bad idea to keep that open as a possibility. One because of the compatibility things, but two, it's just not good to have those open loops and stop you from meeting someone that you actually are a lot more compatible with. Like, my current girlfriend, Yulia, mm-hmm. is a much better fit for me yeah. than, than my ex-girlfriend. You guys are And adorable. I never, never would have met her if I was still in this open loop of, uh, you know, it, it wasn't even that long ago, or, or breakup with my last girlfriend was, was about six months ago now, I guess. Wow, and you're doing incredibly well in life, in your mental state, it seems, to me. Yeah, and, like, I would not be open to that opportunity if I didn't go through this process. A lot of people, they take, you know, six months or even more to get to a point where they want to be dating other people, right? And for me, it was like a month or six weeks. And I was just like fully like felt good about the whole thing and was open to meeting someone else. And like, that's by far the fastest it's ever been in my life after a breakup. Yeah, that's impressive. I also love that with your ex-partner, you knew that there were traits about them that didn't feel compatible with you and you were aware enough to say, I'm going to step away instead of trying to change them. Because I hear that all the time, usually from the females in the relationships, although sometimes the men are right, I'll fix them. I'll change Mm -hmm. them. And I'm like, "Mm, you're probably going down a really slippery slope of being constantly disappointed and always resenting your partner. But you could look at them and go, you're a beautiful person. grateful for the time I had with you. And I'm stepping away for like, you know, both our benefits. So I think that's, again, a really powerful, very self-aware thing for you to do. Yeah. And I think that's a really important point that you brought up of like, I'm the type of person who really always wants to see the best in other people. And that's, you know, strength in some respects, but it is also a big weakness for the reasons that you mentioned in relationships and that it also comes up in business too. Like I made a lot of my most expensive hiring mistakes from that same principle. I saw the potential of what that person could become instead, instead of, of actually their own current skill sets yeah, and all those things. So I think it's very important to, if you do have that bias, to recognize that you have that bias and not let it, you know, you don't want to be dating someone based on their potential. You could you know? be a great partner in six years when you get your shit together. Yeah, well, because that's not <laughs> real. Yeah. Then you're in love with an illusion. You're not in love with the person. And what if they never get there? Fuck. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that was like a mind-blowing realization that, that I've had in the last year or so is that like a lot of the time I fall in love with literally a story in my brain, right? Not... The, the actual person, right? You you fall in love with who they are becoming in the future, and that that's a trap. It's a dangerous trap. Don't go there, people. I don't know. I I agree with you 100%. But I also I like to believe in the power of potential. For me, it's really important when I'm dating to find like I find a partner 
what I want to become more like. And for me and it was because I wanted to be happy. And was the happiest person I'd ever met, I'd ever seen. And I was like, I want more of that in my life. I want more happiness. But she was very young and there was a lot that she had to learn. But I guess like another thing that showed me that she was willing to like learn and try things with me was that she was like really excited about everything. When I told her about passive income and about like Rich Dad Poor Dad and reading, you know, the things that I was interested in. Then she like called on immediately and she like read the book within like the first like three days of us dating and like she just showed a lot of enthusiasm for all the things that I think are important in my life. Well, I think and that straddles b- both points, which is that I wasn't maybe like, you know, the wife you want to have someday for your kids because I was like uh, 17. But as Danny <laughs> says, I still had that ability and capacity where I wanted to learn and I was curious. And that's yeah. maybe something that you couldn't have built into me. Right. You wanted someone with the capacity to learn and you found that in me and then were able that's to kind true. of feed me what was important to you but like if I didn't give a fuck and I never read the books you liked it would have been that's a good point that's kind of like that would have been like, sticky yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I judge if a relationship is going to be good is I always give the girl rich dad poor dad and I'm like if she reads it then she really wants this relationship to work she wants to do something long term but if she doesn't read it I'm like I don't know I don't know if she really yeah. sees us as long term I don't know if she's willing to put in the effort it's, it's really funny <laughs> yeah. how accurate that test has been for people who don't know rich dad poor dad is about property investment um so it's it's not a particularly hard book to read, but it doesn't sound fun right off the bat. And we've given it to girls who like just never pick it up, and we're like, oh, well, there you go. And it kind of <laughs> shows how that relationship will go later down the line. And it's honestly more about <laughs> lifestyle than it is about the money, because I just know that I want to be free. I want to go chase adventures all over the world. I want to go to Burning Mountain. I want to do all the fun stuff that I can do. And I know that I need to be free from a regular job if I'm going to do that. So for me, it's like, what type of lifestyle do you want to live? You know, that's what I'm trying to figure out from and Julia or my potential partners. And people are willing to their, expand yeah. their mind and like yeah. try new things. Yeah, I mean, that's why I like that filter a lot is because, you know, all of us sitting here, we're people who are just hungry for just learning and growth and just like whether it's trying to grow in our skills of doing like acro or or dance or something like that or in business and, and just growing as people then we probably need to meet people and date people that also have a similar hunger for growth because or else the same thing happens that happened to me in that three-year-long relationship is that you start to grow at very rapidly different paces and me i am like obsessed with this kind of stuff to the point like i read like at least five books a month just to grow in whatever whatever respect i want i pay for probably twenty thousand dollars a year worth of different programs and courses and consume it at a much more rapid pace than most people so like if the person I'm dating is not also growing at at least a somewhat comparable rate then it's not going to be that many years before we're just completely different people yeah right I have a question I see you working on your computer like 12 hours a day when the fuck are you having time to read what uh, I, audiobooks audiobooks uh, okay. on 2x speed so everything while I you're working on your computer uh, not while I'm working, usually while I'm making lunch or in the morning when I'm making my coffee. You don't even and make food. You order it in, you eat it out of the box, and then you're still working. I. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, so it's got to be 2x speed. So all of the audiobooks I listen to and all of the course content I consume is always at at least 2x speed. Oh, my God. Um, and it's a skill that takes a while to develop to be able to actually comprehend information oh, at that speed. It. But it's it doesn't take that long really to develop, um, and it's going to double the amount of information that you can intake. So it's a good skill to learn. So on that note, do you have any books that you recommend for our audience? We've got mm. relationships, about sales, whatever you think is valuable. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the number one book I'd recommend, um, it's, from, it's for men, but I think women could benefit from it a lot as well. Uh, it's called The Way of the Superior Man by David Data, and I read it three times. Um, it's yeah. just such a well-written, concise book that like each chapter will take like, I don't know, three minutes to read, but each chapter is about like a very concise, very actionable topic. And it's mostly about masculine and feminine energies and polarities and how they work. Uh, for men, it was really useful for me to really explain how the female brain works and how mm-hmm. like, you know, females are much more likely to be a lot more emotionally driven and you know, it's very different what's important to a woman than what's important to a man in general. And if you're not conscious of that masculine feminine polarity, you might be masculinizing your woman and vice versa. She might be doing things that is forcing you into a more feminine role. And then you, you both end up like, why am I not attracted to this person anymore? Yeah. And so, Bunning heads. yeah, it's just such a great book. The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. Um, I mean, I read it three times, so that kind of speaks well, to And what I, I second that to Danny. And I listened to it while we were on our motorcycle trip through Vietnam, and I remember being 
a little bit mind blown where sometimes he starts off a sentence or a thought and I'm like, no, that's bullshit. That's full of shit. And then he explains it. I'm like, oh, fuck, he's totally right. <laughs> like, I could totally see it in myself, in my parents' relationship, like so many different people. And it kind of just, it's like x-ray vision where you can see how those relationships are structured and, and ways that you can reflect on yourself or like how you're interacting with your partner. So that's a good recommendation. We will put that in the show notes. Do you have anything else, sir? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is just coming to mind because it's recent, but, um, you know, being someone who's obsessed with marketing and thinking about how the mind works, there was one of the best books I've read in the past year. It's called Win Bigly. And it's about, um, it's actually the author of the Dilbert cartoons, who really? is a self-proclaimed master persuader, studied a lot of persuasion. And he was one of the more famous bloggers during the Donald Trump campaign when Donald Trump got elected for the first time. Bigly. And he, he predicted Donald Trump getting elected like more than a year in advance and he was just dissecting all of the persuasion techniques that Donald Trump was using and the you know the book's not really about politics uh, so it doesn't really matter what you think about Donald Trump it just really analyzes his persuasion tactics and really Donald Trump is a master persuader and like mm -hmm. obviously either is or was advised by some of the world's best persuaders mm -hmm. it's very interesting too and then he points out all of the mistakes that like Hillary was making that was like anti-persuasion to everyone and like it just explains how someone who most people hate and thinks thinks is an idiot was able Still to <laughs> was able to win a presidential election using persuasion and so like it's, it's being used on you and you probably use a certain amount of it without your own knowledge and so i think it's a good idea to really understand the mechanics behind it it's very Big interesting bigly. we will we will also link that in the show notes it's funny you said bigly and i'm like that's a stupid fucking word and i was like oh trump right makes sense um <laughs> <laughs> Definitely going to listen to that. Sounds good. Have you had a threesome? I've had one. Woo! Was, how was it? Was High it five. With two girls? <laughs> with two guys? How did it happen? With two girls, it was... I guess it would have been five years ago or so. And it just came literally out of nowhere. So I was dating, um, I was dating a girlfriend, I think two years in at the time. And we were on a longboarding trip. I used to travel all the time for longboarding. And we were all sitting like literally just driving down the road in a big van with like maybe six of us. And then one of the girls in the van who was, you know, a friend of mine who I, I kind of knew, but not really that well, just breaks the silence, like just an awkward silence with, you should totally have a threesome with me and your girlfriend. Uh, was and the girlfriend everyone else, present? the girlfriend was not present, but like everyone else in the van <laughs> heard it because there was like a dead silence in the van <laughs> when she That's brought amazing. this up. That's the first. I've <laughs> never you, heard that. Yeah, did you know this girl pretty well, or not really that well? Like she was, you know, she was around at a lot of events and parties and stuff that I was at, but uh, like I wouldn't consider her that much of a friend. Did she know your girlfriend? Kind of. Like she uh, knew my girlfriend even less than me. Like she had seen us around at a bunch of places. Do, do you know? I'm curious what your backstory was on this girl. Do you know if she? had had threesomes before, or if she was bisexual, or was this like her first go at it? Like, why did she pick you, Danny Carlson, to like, what, how, how yeah, even did that she, happen? She had a lot more experience than we did. Like that was my first and only threesome, and same with my girlfriend mm -hmm. at the time. Um, she had had quite a bit of experience, like in threesomes and also mm -hmm. like bisexual. So she so had lots of sex time. with only women, with only guys. Um, okay, so she was pretty yeah. comfortable in what she wanted. Yeah. Which is fair. And so she asked you on the bus, so then what happened? Did you go and ask your girlfriend? Yeah, you see, like, yeah. nervously laughed. <laughs> I want to hear that conversation. Do you remember what you actually said? I, I don't remember it super closely, but it, it was a pretty easy sell because my girlfriend was also bisexual. Oh, and that so, helps a lot. I was like, why are you not dead right now? Because most guys who just bring that up get their faces ripped off, but <laughs> somehow it works. So bisexual. Okay. Yeah, so, so it's just it, one time. Yeah, just that one time. It was like, it was kind of, it was kind of weird, to be honest. Like, I'm the type of person who, like, my best sex that I've ever had has always been with someone that, like, I have a really deep connection with. That's mm -hmm. emotional. Oh. Yeah, and super emotional. And, like, it, the threesome didn't really tap into that. It just felt a lot more like, Surfing. I should be wow. enjoying this more. It seems awesome, but it's like... Well, it's Not more of a the... fuck than, like, the passionate <laughs> lovemaking. But I want to rewind real quick. So you literally see your girlfriend one night, you're eating dinner, and you said what? I think it was just in her bedroom, and, like, I, it was 
pretty pretty easy sell. Like I think I made it hypothetical at first, and then you just like pull <laughs> out pull out a photo, and then it's like, okay, this is her. Like, are you down? She asked us. <laughs> So, so you find and you go, hey, whatever, you know, Lucy, Lucy, would you want everyone to have a threesome? And she goes, yeah, maybe. And then you go, sweet, our friend Sarah is yeah, down. I mean, and she was just like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what I said, huh. but it wasn't like a hard sell. And so because like we'd, we'd never brought up like a threesome, but like we talked about a bunch of different sexual stuff. So and it was like still she's, a warmer conversation. Like you at least knew how to communicate with her, which is helpful. Yeah, so, yeah and like my girlfriend, had, she had had sex with a woman before at that point. Okay. Um, so when you were in a relationship with her, did she have sex with other women at that time? Like, did you allow her that kind of freedom or no? Um, not while we are in a relationship. No. Okay. Yeah. So this is point. the first time yeah. that okay. either of you had been in, like, an open-ish situation of bringing someone else in. That's fascinating. Yeah. So you tell her, she at least somewhat agrees, and then how long after that conversation did the actual event take place? It was, like, the week after or oh something like that. Just like, And she just came over to your house? Yeah. You were like, hey, so we're on? Yeah, just came over to us and bought like a bottle of wine. I was gonna say, were you guys drunk or were you like <laughs> not like fully drunk, but like we had a we had bit. a bottle of wine. Take the edge off. And so, did you ever yeah. want to try it again? Did you ever like ask her, is this something you can do again, or how come it did only happened one time? So that girl who was with, she was just traveling through, mm-hmm. so she wasn't yeah. around to do it. Um, and really, like, it was it just like wasn't the best, you know? Like I, I wasn't didn't... like super hooked on threesomes. Okay. Um, my opinion of it was like, okay, cool, I tried it. Like, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like uh, with marathons, you know. Like I, <laughs> like you said. I have ran three marathons, um, each for a different reason, just kind of to check off the box, you know, just to prove to myself that I can do a marathon. All right, um, yeah. and like the the threesome to me felt like kind of like that. Like yeah. I checked it off the box, and like it, you know, the marathon wasn't very enjoyable, so I'm not gonna like <laughs> go do another marathon. Fair enough. And. That's interesting. Yeah, so, and at the time too, I was like, I was, I was definitely younger. Like with my, my, what I know really turns me on sexually, and what I, what I know, I like sexually. Like I didn't have as good of a handle on that as I do now. Mm-hmm. And so I have a question: If you had met a different girl, or if you maybe had more backstory with that girl, or had built some sort of connection beforehand, do you think it would have been different? Or do you like? Do you think it was that situation that made it awkward? Because I know we've had some that were like kind of disconnected as well, but then we've also had some that were very connected. With, like, so, long-term friends, which feels different. Did you feel it was that? Or just the situation and the like, person? Like, was it the girl or the threesome? I guess what I'm curious, too, is, like, if you could go back in time, what would have made it more enjoyable for you? Yeah, I mean, definitely the connection. I think it's probably the biggest thing. It's just, like, mm-hmm. I didn't really know that girl very well. As mm-hmm. well as um, my girlfriend, we were talking about it after. My girlfriend at the time, like, felt like there was some like boundaries that she didn't really know she had as well. Oh, okay. that's a big one. Um, not like a not like in a huge way where she felt like totally like traumatized about it or anything, but she just like felt like weird as it was happening. Cuz like can you know I what ask? those boundaries were? Yeah, cuz for everyone it's so different. Like one of the examples I give all the time is that for the longest time I didn't realize that he could have full sex with a girl and I was fine, but if he held her hand, I would lose my shit. And it can <laughs> be such random little things for people. Like do you remember what her surprise triggers were? Yeah, it's just like, just like the energy of being, like just really passionately mm-hmm. fucking, you know, not just like, like more more distance and like doggy style or something like that. So like it was actually like, too like really too eye love makey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's one of mine too. No, no <laughs> deep eye gazing. If there's eye gazing, I'm like, hey, hey, get back here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fair. But I mean, props to her for even, again, being self aware enough and like comfortable enough to have that conversation with you because I feel like. A lot of people I've been talking to recently who have tried their first threesome, they go, oh, it was horrible, you know, something went wrong. And I'm like, do you know why? And they're like, no, I don't want to think about it. And then they shut down the conversation. I'm like, well, how are you ever going to learn? Like, you need to be able to adapt after that. Well, and it's so good that you guys are doing something like this because, like, when we went into it, like, I had no fucking clue. Like, I didn't even read so much as a blog post on on threesomes or had any friends that have talked to you about it. You know, like, (laughs) I literally just, like, literally going off what I've seen in porn movies and yeah. like it, like that's pretty much it you're like but, my dick goes where and my hands go where <laughs> that's actually I, I think that's the easiest part the physicality of it is the easiest it makes sense you've done it with one person but like I feel does like, it make sense I feel like the emotionality of it like what's gonna happen with your girlfriend after the boundaries all that stuff is like yeah. the stuff that you just like 
that's the stuff that you need to know about before you get into a situation like that. Totally, yeah, and that's the stuff I just had no clue about. You know, you can't you can't pick that stuff up from watching a threesome on Pornhub. Porn, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you have to navigate your emotional trauma afterwards. It goes badly. But, yeah, like all all the porn stars getting together. Okay, let's go over our boundaries. Is everyone and clean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you stay for breakfast? No breakfast? Like, work it out. How do you struggle? Are you splitting your time evenly? So I'm curious, did the girl end up spending the night with you guys, or you did the deed and she left? Or Yeah, we did the deed and, like, hung out for a while, and then she then she left after. Hmm. Fair. Um, yeah. How much longer did that relationship with that girl last? That was the, the one that you were with for three years, right? Yeah, it lasted for maybe another year and a half after that point. So that's okay, good. So yeah. it wasn't a cause for the breakup? No, it wasn't a cause for the breakup. Yeah. Which is impressive yeah. in itself. <laughs> <laughs> Did yeah. she ever want to try it with another guy? Um, she she talked to me, like, expressed interest in it, but she never came to me like, yo, this guy's down, let's do it. It was never, <laughs> it was never like if that. But had, would you have been open to it, or would you have been like, nah? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, it, it's one of those things that, like, I can't really know unless I put myself in that situation, but, like, yeah. I, when I picture it in my brain, I really am not sexually attracted to guys at all, and, like, yeah. I feel like I would just, like, not really enjoy it and feel kind of weird. You wouldn't like watching your girlfriend get fucked by another dude. Mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and again, right, there's nothing wrong with this, and I'm so curious when we talk to people who are into the more, you know, two guys on them who either love that, because to me that idea is terrifying, like, more dicks in the room is not really my fantasy. Um, but I always imagine that it's would take a lot of resilience from the man in the partnership to like watch his lover be potentially, you know, fucked sideways by someone else. I think it would take a very particular type of third guy to come in who's going to respect the relationship and the boyfriend and the partnership and like not come in and like try and prove something or be competitive because that just seems like a whole big mess. But I mean, again props to her for it's, even bringing it up it's also i feel like it's kind of a tricky thing because i feel like girls often are attracted to the alpha male do you know what i mean the and i feel bags. like yeah but then it's like hard if you have like two like alphas kind of like trying to make something happen it's not going to be necessarily the best environment for anyone you know i feel like if you're mm -hmm. butting heads it's not good like everyone has to be kind of on the same level and not trying to compete but more trying to like create a really good experience i think that's like a hard thing to find in another guy is Someone who's not trying to prove himself or something, but who yeah. is there for the benefit of the couple. I well, and I think that's one of the hardest things for men to overcome sexually is removing that need to always compete and always prove yourself in the bedroom. Like Claim that dominance. Is, She's mine. Don't touch her. Yeah. Well, and like, I mean, Aubrey Marcus, we both listened to him. He oh. talks about this. And like, I agree with him 100% is that like, he, he feels like every time he has sex, it's just like he's like proving his entire worth as a man mm -hmm. every single time and like if it doesn't like last exactly the right amount of time like rock hard the whole time and just he comes fucking three times and yeah. then he loses I some don't of his masculinity to live. Yeah, I, I, I failed my purpose <laughs> I feel that too <laughs> <laughs> and that's hard too because like if you're projecting that too much in the bedroom it's gonna be like an anti like, it's going to stop you from really getting into that really amazing sex, you know? And, and you're putting like, on a performance instead of actually feeling what you're feeling with that person. And totally. Um, like, your partner can feel when you're just, like, trying so hard for a freaking outcome. Like, like, I need to fucking make you come, or else. <laughs> like, it's probably not going to happen so easily if you're just projecting that kind of energy, yeah, you know? Or when guys want to fuck, you know, a marathon fuck for, like, four or five hours when the girl has clearly tapped out at like hour one or two you know and they just need to go farther to like prove that they can or I'm like <laughs> yeah. buddy like <laughs> she's done my he's on the line yeah <laughs> gotta run the raw she's I like, got another stop. 20 minutes to go stop like oh <laughs> well so I have one last question on the threesome cake which is that you tried it before and it was okay I mean it didn't explode up in your face is it something that you would ever be willing or wanting to try again in the future with your current partner or a prospective future partner yeah, I'm definitely open to it. It's something that I have much more awareness now of, like, what needs to go into it for it to work really well, because I've seen what doesn't really work so well. And also, just, like, <laughs> yeah, well, it's just, like, so many, so many landmines that I feel like I'm a lot better to, uh, a lot better prepared to deal with today just because of, you know, how much mental work I do and how much more self-aware I am now than it was five years ago. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, be, 
because I'm more prepared and more aware of that, I am just exactly aware of, of everything that needs to come into place, like how much work needs to go into place to avoid like potentially really hurting someone's feelings or really damaging a relationship or like making a really weird situation, right? <laughs> so it's, um, like I'm definitely interested in it, but like I'm not like wanting to just jump into it, you know? Yeah. So next year when we're all at Burning Man, we will set you and Yulia free in the orgy dome. And, <laughs> and then we'll wait to hear your stories afterwards. It's actually we'll be the like, best place that I've ever I mean, season, they, they'll manage. They're intense. It'll suit them perfectly. I think that'd be fine. Um, and then I think that was the end of the major questions, which leads us to the bonus. Do you have any favorite sex songs or sex music that you would be willing to send us to put in our playlist for everyone? Oh sure, yeah. yeah. I got a good playlist you got some, that some uh, screamo, some I could throw in there. Got <laughs> some dubstep stuff. It's more kind of like chill, central sounding electronic stuff is what I like, and so I can't like name anything because I just outsource all of my music preferences to Spotify's algorithm. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I like a new song, I just press the heart button, and my brain just like skips over the artist name, the song name, and everything. So Fair I'm enough. ashamed to say all of my favorite songs. I have no idea what the song name is or what the artist so is. you don't need that information. It'll come up at some point and then we will add his music to the playlist for all of you freaky people out there. That's awesome. For thanks the for, Danny. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Awesome, guys. That was fun. Thanks this for all the This is the longest stories. conversation we've ever had with Danny. Even though we've listened to it for a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now back to the computer. <laughs> yeah. I don't plug it in. Literally, like... Until next time, thank you all for listening. As always, if you want to reach out to me on my personal page, that is or the How to Have Threesomes Instagram. We always love hearing from you and answering your questions, and I will do my best to get back to you as soon as possible. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Bye! Yippee. Yippee.